Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church family here in Yankton. Our episode today is from our series, Dream On. As we enter this new decade of the roaring 20s, we want to dream God-sized dreams in our lives, in our church, and in our community. We hope you enjoy. Today, we're going to continue our series, Dream On. And while we're doing that, church, I have a gift for you today. I have everything that you need to know about life. That's right. Everything you need to know about life right here on this piece of paper. Don't believe me? All right, let me read it here for you. First of all, God created the dog. He told it to sit all day on the front porch and bark at everybody that walks by. Then God told the dog, I'll give you a lifespan of 20 years. Dog thought about it for a moment and said, that's just way too long to be barking, God. Tell you what, I'll give you back 10 years and I'll keep 10 years. And God agreed. Okay. Then God created the monkey. He told it to entertain people, do monkey tricks, make them laugh. Then God said, I'll give you a lifespan of 20 years. The monkey said, you got to be kidding me. How boring. Monkey tricks for 20 years? I don't think so. The dog gave you back 10 years. How about this? I'll keep 10 and I'll give you back 10 years just like the dog did. And God agreed. Then God created the cow. He told it to go out in the field all day long, suffer under the sun, have cows, give milk, and support the farmer. Then God said, I'll give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, whoa, 60 years? That's too long to slave like that. I'll tell you what, let me have 20 and I'll give you back 40 years. And God agreed. Then God created man. God told man, eat, sleep, play, marry, enjoy life. Then God said, I'll give you a lifespan of 20 years. The man was absolutely shocked. Are you kidding me? That's only 20 years to do that stuff? So the man made God a deal. Listen, I'll take my 20 years. You add the 40 the cow gave back, the 10 the monkey gave back, and the 10 the dog gave back, and we'll have a deal. That'll make 80. And God agreed. So there it is, church. Everything you need to know about life right here on this piece of paper. Well, you're not following me? Well, here, let me unpack this for you, okay? The first 20 years of our life, we spend eating, sleeping, playing, and enjoying ourselves, right? The next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. The next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And the last 10 years, we sit on our front porch and bark at everybody that goes by. Everything you need to know about life right there. Well, just having a little fun with you this morning. Here's the point that I want you to understand. Every single person wants their life to matter. See, even if you don't believe in God, you want your life to matter. And here's a truth that we're going to unpack this morning. Everyone wants to make a difference. Everyone wants to make a difference. See, we don't want to just simply exist and then die. We want our existence to count and make an impact. On every tombstone, you'll see the day you're born and the day you die, and our life can be reduced to that little dash in the middle. Well, we want to have our lives make a difference, and everyone wants their life to make a difference. Here's the second thing, though, I want to expand on. We don't just want our life to make a difference. Everyone wants our lives to make a big difference difference. Everyone wants to make a big difference. If we're being honest, we'd like to do things kind of to get noticed. Okay. If you don't believe me, here's a test I'm going to give you. Okay. 
I want you to go out and I want you to do something and have try to make sure nobody knows you did it and you get absolutely no recognition for it and see how that sets with you. Because see again, if we're really being honest with each other, we would like to have that recognition. We want to make a big difference in our life. We don't want our lives just to exist. We want to make a big difference. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, But when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. The question we need to ask ourselves is, do we give for the applause of man, or do we give for the glory of God? See, that's a struggle that I've faced in my life a lot of times, and if I'm being honest, more times I've been more concerned with getting the praise and the applause of men than understanding what God is. See, we want to make a difference. We want to make a big difference. But a lot of times serving God means doing those simple day-to-day things. I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says, let us believe that God is in all of our simple deeds and learn to find him there. See, there are no small tasks when you do it for God's kingdom. Anything that's done for the benefit of God's kingdom, no matter how small or insignificant you think it is, it makes a big difference. See, Tozer goes on to say, let every person abide in the calling wherein they are called and their work will be as sacred as the work of the ministry. Because in that case, whatever you're doing is the ministry. It's not what a person does that determines whether the work is sacred or secular. Listen to what he says. It's why they do it. Church, everyone wants to make a big difference. But here's another key that I want you to understand. Everyone can make a big difference together. Everyone can make a big difference together. In this series, we've been talking about dream on, right? And we've been saying, what's our dream? What's the God-sized dream for my life, for our church and our community? Well, I really want you to understand something, church. Everyone can make a big difference together. See, in order for our dream to work, we need to have teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Say that with me. Teamwork makes the dream work. Now, a little while ago, I gave you a little fable, a little story about how creation kind of worked. And and if you're familiar, you understand how the true story of creation went, where God did make everything. God made all the world, all the planets, all the animals, and then God made man. But God made a very interesting statement. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. See, even back in perfect creation, God wanted us to be together. So I want you, if you're in the room with somebody right now, I want you to look at them and I want you to say, I need you. Okay. Now, if you're not in the room and you're just watching alone, just look at your screen and tell your pastor, I need you. All right. And I'll say the same to you. I need you too, right? We need each other. Everyone can make a big difference when we work together. But there's a reality that I want you to understand, church. Great achievements are never accomplished alone. I'm going to say that one more time. Great achievements are never accomplished alone. Charles Lindbergh is a famous American. And if you're not familiar with Charles Lindbergh, on Saturday, May 21st, 1927, he landed in France, becoming the first nonstop solo flight across the Atlantic Ocean. See, that was a big deal. And that was less than 100 years ago, church. Think about that. And Charles Lindbergh instantly became a worldwide celebrity because of his solo flight across the Atlantic Ocean. But here's what I want you to understand about that flight. That was actually a myth. Now, Lindbergh actually did fly across the Atlantic Ocean. That part is true. But when it said it was a solo flight... That's not actually true. 
Because you see, two men took out a loan, not Charles Lindbergh, but two other men took out a $15,000 loan to pay for that flight. Now, in today's world, that $15,000 is equivalent of $223,000. Yes, that's right. A $223,000 gamble to see if a plane wouldn't crash in the Atlantic Ocean. All right? And beyond those two guys, the Ryan Aircraft Company in San Diego spent two months customizing Lindbergh's plane, which was called the Spear of St. Louis. The chief engineer, Donald A. Hall, and his team worked for two months to get this plane situated. Can you imagine that? All of them working tirelessly to make sure this plane is intact. If it wasn't for those two men, if it wasn't for Donald Hall, if it wasn't for the Ryan Aircraft Company, that flight would have never happened. Here's my point. To accomplish anything great in life, you need other people to do it. Mother Teresa said it this way. You can do good things that I cannot do. I can do good things that you cannot do. But together, don't miss that church. Together, we can do great things. And if you'll let me add this, we can do God things together. See, one is just too small a number all by itself. Maybe you've heard the old adage for team, an acronym, T-E-A-M, right? Team can stand for together everyone achieves more. Together everyone achieves more. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. See, for our dream work to work, we need teamwork. Say it with me. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. So I want you to write these down. How does teamwork make the dream work? We're going to unpack that in our time here together. How does teamwork make the dream work? Here's the first one. Others make me stronger. Others make me stronger. Back in the book of Exodus, Moses was leading the nation of Israel into the promised land. As they were going along, they were attacked by a group of people called the Amalekites, and they had to fight a battle. So during that battle, Moses stood up on the hill, and he raised his hands, and he would pray during the battle. Look what it says in Exodus 17, verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. See, when Moses had his hands raised, they were winning. But when they started to get tired, they started to sag down. And Aaron and Hur came alongside Moses and held his hands up. Church, the reality is all of us will get tired at some point in our lives. And really, there's only two types of people. There's those who will hold you up, and there are those who will wear you down. So in your own life, you need to ask the question, who am I holding up? Because if the answer is not many people, guess what? You might be the one wearing people down. Okay? So we need to make sure others make us stronger. Many of you probably remember, at the beginning of this series, we started with a weekend of prayer and fasting. What you may not know is starting last Sunday, March 15th, there's a group of people that decided that we're not just going to pray and fast for one weekend. We're going to pray and fast every day until Easter. That's right, 28 days straight. Someone from Celebrate Yankton is going to be praying and fasting 
for our church, and for Easter. And we believe that this Easter is gonna be bigger than anything it could possibly be. And this is all, make sure to remember, this is all before the coronavirus, okay? So why I tell you that, church, is maybe you didn't even realize it, but there have been people that have been praying for you, specifically, even by name. That's what we can do. Others make us stronger. You might not even realize it, but we're holding you up through that. And if you would like to be a part of that group and you want to prayer and fast as well, first of all, we got it all the way covered. So we're not asking for people to join. There's already people doing it. But if you want to come alongside and hold those people up, you can definitely email, call, or text us. We'll put the information at the end as well. See, other people make us stronger. And when we think about strength in the Bible, there's usually one guy that we always go to, and that's Samson. Now, if you're not familiar with Samson, Samson was blessed by God with a supernatural physical strength. But if you are familiar with Samson, what you may already know is that it didn't turn out very well for Samson. See, Samson had a fatal flaw, and he used his strength for his own benefit. See, one is a lonely number. And any time we try to do stuff alone, like Samson did, we are going to fail. God designed us to be in relationship with other people, and other people make us stronger. That's why it's so important to be together. Here's the second thing that others can do for us. Others can deepen my commitment. Others can deepen my commitment. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is a lady by the name of Ruth. Now, again, if you're not familiar with Ruth, I would encourage you, or even if you are, sometime this week, go and read the entire book of Ruth. It's actually very short. You can probably read it in less than a half an hour, or you can even break it up throughout the day. Ruth is a wonderful lesson on how other people can deepen her commitment. See, Ruth lived at a time where women were basically basically viewed as property. She had married a man who actually died, which made her a widow. In that culture, that meant that she couldn't have a job. She would basically have to beg for the rest of her life. Now, she was living at the time with her mother-in-law, but her mother-in-law had a problem as well because her husband also died. So this mother-in-law had lost her husband and two of her sons. So this mother-in-law was going to return to her own home, not knowing how her life was going to turn out and knowing that it was going to be a tough road of begging for the rest of her life. And she had told Ruth, she knew that, recognized this challenge that Ruth would have to face with her. And she had told Ruth, go back to your own family. Just leave me alone. But I want you to read what Ruth's response was. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. See, there's going to be times, church, when we're going to want to quit. Life can throw at us some pretty tough things to have to work through and deal with. When we're in those times of struggle, when we're wanting just to give up, we always need to remember the who, not the what. See, someone is counting on you. Maybe it's somebody you don't even know yet. See, there was somebody counting on Ruth that Ruth hadn't even met yet. And Ruth's commitment to her mother-in-law helped deepen their commitment to each other and survival and was key in the formation of her great-grandson, which would be the very famous King David. And as you may also know, from the line of King David came Jesus as well. See, when other people bound together and said, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up, the benefit was not just for that relationship. That commitment continued to deepen. And out of that deep commitment, blessed generations 
to come. You know, last week, Elaine and I had the privilege of joining all of our Celebrate family church planners in a, in a gathering together in Sioux Falls. Now, this is pre-coronavirus, so we were all okay. It actually kind of broke right when we were there, which was really cool, by the way. But as you may know, every week I get on a video call, Zoom, the same app that we're using now for Celebrate, and we connect together with all of the Celebrate church planners. Twice a year, though, we decide that, you know what, there's just something about being together in person as well. So twice a year, we have a gathering where we all get together. And church, I just want to tell you, it was such an amazing time to just deepen our commitment together. There were so many people that said, you know what, I've been struggling. I really need some help and support. And it was so much fun to have that commitment deepened. That's what other people can do for us, church. It can help us stay strong, just like Ruth, in those times of trouble. Here's the third reason why we need other people. We need other people to multiply my effectiveness. Others multiply my effectiveness. Now, I realize that we're in a season of homeschooling right now, so I don't know where you're at on that, parents or kids, but we're going to have a little fun and we're going to do a little math, all right? Now, help us out. If you need to get a piece of paper and pen, go ahead and do that, but we're going to do some math together. Ready, church? All right. One times one is what? One. That's right. One times one. They're going to get harder though, so, so just, just stay with me, okay? One times 10 is what? 10. That's right. 10, right? Okay. Let's do this one. One times 100 is 100. Now, if you may remember the little math principle that I just taught you there, anything times one is that number, right? Anything times one. Now we're going to play, get a little harder. What's two times one? Two, right? What's two times 10? 20. What's two times 100? 200. Here's my point in saying that. One is a lonely number. One times anything will just give you that. But when you multiply it by two or even greater, the effectiveness is exponential from what it could be. And here's my point to understand that. God loves multiplication. You've heard me say before that God loves numbers. God not only loves numbers, God loves numbers that multiply together. Let's go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and what? Multiply. When Noah and his family got off the boat after the flood, what did God tell them to do? The same thing, be fruitful and multiply. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he told his disciples that I want you to bear fruit. What he meant by that is he wants you to grow and develop and disciple and multiply yourself. And at the Great Commission, that was this saying to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Multiply, multiply. God wants us to multiply. So the more I multiply myself, the more effective I become. See, discipleship is a word that you'll hear in church sometimes. And for me, really what discipleship means is multiplying myself into someone who will multiply themselves into someone else. And so right now in my life, I'm being very strategic about who are the people that I'm multiplying myself into. And the evidence in me is, what are those people doing with it? Are they taking that and are they multiplying it into someone else? Or are they just staying in the same spot? Because my job is to multiply disciples to go out and build God's kingdom. See, here's the question you need to ask yourself. If someone isn't following you through life, meaning in a discipleship manner, you're really just kind of taking a walk. So what we need to ask is, who is multiplying into me? Who is somebody who I am receiving from that's multiplying into me? 
And then who is someone that I can take that and I can multiply that into? That's why I love our life groups. And I'm so glad that during this time, we can stay connected. And our life group hosts are people that right now I'm multiplying myself into. I'm trying to keep them informed and posted so they can take that information and multiply it into our life group people as well. And then the question I'll ask you again is, who is someone that you can pour into right now? If you don't know that or you aren't part of a life group, now is the perfect time to do that. So let's get connected and be part of it. Here's the fourth one that we can do. Others keep me unified. Others keep me unified. Jesus said this on the night he was betrayed in John 17. He was praying a prayer and he said, my prayer is not for them alone. He was talking about the disciples that were in the room with him. I also pray for those who believe in me through their message. There's that multiplication again. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe in you. Church, we might not always see eye to eye, but the one thing we do need to do is we do need to walk hand in hand. See, unity doesn't come naturally to us. We need to fight for it. Our natural attraction is to separate, whether it's in a family, a parent-child relationship, a marriage, a business. In order to stay unified, we have to fight for that and continue to do that. Now, we all have opinions on how things should go and what things should do. And as I've said before, if we're being honest, we all want our way, right? And the problem is not so much the other person. The problem is the other person isn't giving me my way. So one of the things that I've started to do in my life is when I have a disagreement with somebody or maybe we see things in a different way, here's what I turn to. I ask the question, what does God's word say about that? Let's look in the Bible and let's see. Because you can have an opinion, I can have an opinion, but everything that happens there is trumped by what God's word says. And what I've found is if somebody isn't, doesn't really know God's word and they're trying to speak life into my life or into this church and they're not really understanding the word very well, that's probably not an opinion I'm going to listen to. Because what we need to do is we need to understand God's word. We need to study it together. And that's how we can have unity. See, unity comes from the spirit of God. And I can know what God's spirit says by the more time I spend in his word, in life group, and in prayer. And this is what I've found. Really what joins us together is far greater than what separates us. Our world is dying for a church that is to be unified. And right now is such a great time to do that. Before the coronavirus, I could see there was a lot of division in the church. Not, not our church, but in, in the big global church. But really now I've seen a lot of things of unity. You've heard me tell before about how I've built relationships with other pastors here in Yankton. And I want to tell you, over the past week, I probably got more communication with other pastors in this community than I have in the previous two years that I've been here. Just because we're in a situation right now where we need to be unified. And church, that's what we need to stay as well. We need to stay unified together. I said this in one of my videos this week, but social dis distance, which we need to do right now to keep safe physically, does not mean social disengagement. The biggest danger we're facing right now is loneliness. Church, if we want to stay unified together, we've got to get creative on how we can stay connected and stay unified during this time where we're physically separated. That's why we're doing church online. That's why we're doing Zoom for life groups. That's why we're using phones, those types of things. One of the things that's really dear to my heart is we have a very awesome prison ministry that's been going on in our church. 
But since the coronavirus has happened, um, I haven't been able to go into prison, and obviously the prisoners haven't been able to come or, or watch online. So one of the things I just want to encourage you to do, if you feel led, maybe this week, maybe just get out an old-fashioned pen and paper and write, in, write them a letter. Maybe you just type it out and print it off, whatever it is, but just send that to me. Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to send the people that are in prisons who have been attending letters from their church family to say, hey, we're still thinking about you, we still love you, and we want to know that you're praying. We want you to know that we're praying for you. Now, you might say, well, I don't know who those people are. That's okay. You don't need to know. God knows who they are. See, those are little ways that we can do to connect with each other because teamwork makes the dreamer. See, every one of us wants our lives to make a difference. And we don't just want to make a difference. We want to make a big difference. But in order to do that, we need to do that together. See, there's no small task in God's kingdom. Right now, I know there's a lot of people who are overwhelmed. I don't know what to do, pastor. I want to help. I don't know how to help. All of those things. This is what I'm going to challenge you to do. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for him. If you can help someone out, do it. If you have an extra roll of toilet paper, give that out. Yes, that's true. I have to put in a toilet paper joke. It's part of the rules right now, I guess. Anytime you do that, okay? But my point is do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. What are those little things that you can do right now to help out? See, we need others in our lives. Teamwork makes the dream work. Other people make me stronger. Just like Moses on the hill, we're all going to get tired. We all need Aaron and hers in our life to hold us up when we're feeling weary. And like Aaron and her, we need to do that for other people when we see them struggling as well. Other people deepen my commitment. Just think about Ruth and her commitment to staying with her mother-in-law. She said, I'm going to stay with you. Your God will be my God. There will be times when we want to give up, church, but we need to keep going. Because we never know what hangs in the balance of our decision to continue to push on. Other people multiply my effectiveness. Who is following you? Who is somebody right now that you are multiplying yourself into for God's kingdom? And if that answers no one, let us know. We want to get you connected. And if you want somebody to pour into you, again, let us know. This is a great time to do that right now. We want to multiply our effectiveness for the kingdom. And if you see a need, share the need. Let your life group hosts know. Again, maybe you can't help that person, but maybe there's someone else in our Celebrate family or even in our greater community that can help them. See, when we multiply our effectiveness, we're better together. And others keep me unified. Jesus' one prayer for you and for our church is that we would be one. We would be unified as one body working in one thought and one spirit. Unity does not mean uniformity, okay? In the church, there's going to be diversity. We're all going to see things differently. I have a different life experience than you do, and that's okay. But what we need to be unified on is our purpose. What does God's Word say? How can we rally around the church right now and understand and know God's Word so we can be unified together as one? Because church, when we can do that together, It's going to make all the difference in the world. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the lives of Moses. Thank you for the lives of Ruth, God. Thank you for the examples they set of how life is too hard to do alone. And God, all the way back at the beginning, you said it is not good for man to be alone. And in this time, God, we do need to stay physically distant. God, I pray that we would keep our hearts together as one. God, that even though we can't maybe 
hug or give the handshake. Maybe we can make a phone call. Maybe we could shoot a text. Maybe we could, maybe we could help out in some other way, God. Maybe we could financially support someone who might need it right now. God, all of those different things that we can do. I pray that you would just open our minds of creativity, Lord. And some of those things are new technologies that we can leverage, God. But some of those are old-fashioned, just picking up a phone and making a phone call. God, I thank you so much for this wonderful group of people who are joining us, God. And I pray that as we continue to do these online services, God, that you would just increase our our ability to see people and have compassion on them and meet their needs. God, we pray a hand of protection over everyone, God, both medically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we get to be the church. And we ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Due to the COVID-19 outbreak, all our gatherings are currently online only. You can join us each Sunday at 10 a.m. on our website, yankton.church. During that time, we offer live chat as well as prayer. We also hold live online meetings the other six days of the week as well. For more details or times, you can email us at hello at yankton.church or you can call or text 605-679-7224. Don't miss our updates on Facebook or YouTube either. You can like or follow us there as well.